0: You have your Bibles. I'm glad. (laughs) I can't remember what text I'm preaching out of. Isn't that amazing? I got different verses here I want to share with you this morning. If I could, it's a very, very simple, short message. I thought I'd get an amen on that, but I guess not. Title of my message this morning is: This Christmas, remember. He's more than just a babe. He's more than just a babe. And he is. The world tries to keep him a babe <laughs> because they don't want to have to acknowledge his sinless life, his perfect sacrifice, his tremendous resurrection that was for all their sin. They'd rather just keep him a little babe in that manger, wouldn't they? And uh, But I'm glad at least at this time of the year they do recognize some things. And uh, I'm a big Christmas advocate. I, I love Christmas. I love uh, the giving of gifts, getting them too. And, uh, but uh, I, I love the whole thing about family getting together and eating together, talking, and all these things. And so I'm not a ba humbug type person. Uh, my mom, what she used to do, she used to, Charge everything and give us presents. And uh, then she'd work the whole next year paying off her credit card. And then when Christmas came again, she'd charge it all up again for Christmas. And then she'd pay it off the next year. And that's just the way that we had to do those things back in those days. But uh, in the midst of all the hustle and bustle, I think it's important for us this December to stop, to pause to thank and to worship him. Uh, You know, uh, I was listening to a preacher the other day. I thought it was a great point. Uh, uh, Worship is not just about singing. Uh, You can worship when you sing, of course. But uh, the first time, first mention in the Bible gives its definition, supposed to for the rest of the Bible. And uh, the first time the word worship is used is when Abraham took Isaac up to the mountain to offer him up as a sacrifice. And he said, Abraham said to his, his workers, he says, we're going to go up, my son, maybe we're going to go up on a mountain we're going to worship. And so worship was the person willing to sacrifice to the will of God. That is true worship. And I hope we stop this month and pause and think about him. I remember I had... Uh, a funeral, and I had a, a couple of the high school friends, and uh, we went to have lunch after the funeral. And while we were there, uh, I knew the, uh, the topic. They're not saved, but, but I knew the topic of Christ would come up sooner or later because of me. And uh, so it finally came up, and the one fellow uh, who thought he knew everything, he was adamant that Jesus Christ never said he was the Son of God. Never said it. In the Bible, he never says that he's the Son of God. And uh, have you ever had a brain freeze where you just go blank? And the verses you want to share with that person, they're completely out of your thinking at that moment. I couldn't think of the verse that I wanted to use, so I used the one at Jesus' baptism where the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And But he said, But Jesus never said He was the Son of God. So he neglected what the Father said. So I remember after that meeting, I said, I'm going to be ready the next time anybody ever asked me that. So I went home, and I got my Bible, and I found my verse. And the verse is this here. Is Mark 14, verse 60. It says this, And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answer thou nothing? What?" And he's getting ready to be crucified. What is it which these witnesses against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. And again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Are thou the Christ, the Son of the blessed, the Son of God, And Jesus said, I am. (laughs) So right there, yes, Jesus did say he's the son of God. And so I got my verses there and I got them all set. So this morning I'm going to ask a couple questions about Christ. I'm going to try to answer. I'm going to have some verses at the beginning and then uh, I'll show who Christ is. But then I'll give us our challenge if you don't mind. The question is this here, did Jesus ever claim to be God? Did he ever claim to be God? Well, he said he was just as much God as God the Father in the Bible. John 14, verse 6 and following, Jesus saith to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if you have known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? If that hath seen me, hath seen the Father. So he said, why are you asking to show the Father? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen me, you've seen God. And that's exactly what he was saying. Another portion is John chapter 10, verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. Only God can give eternal life because he's eternal. And this is Christ speaking. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My hand. My Father which gave them is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. In this, these verses, Jesus is making the statement that he is equal to God. That's what he's saying. Now, I my father are one? You've seen me, you've seen the father. He's God, I'm God. <laughs> Real simple. And the wicked Jewish leaders, they understood what he was saying. And they responded by saying, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father, for which of those works do you stone me? Then the Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. Well, why were they he blaspheming? And because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. They understood what he was saying, that indeed Jesus Christ is God and he's making the statement. So Jesus claimed to be God, to be equal with God, and when one claims that he never said that, the Bible says they're wrong because he did. And then another amazing statement, John 3:13. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of man which is in heaven. Now Right there, he's on earth, and he's saying he's in heaven. And what he's doing there, he's demonstrating his omnipresence, present everywhere. Only God can be omnipresent or present everywhere at the same time. And so, once again, it's showing he's God. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in him, Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hello. There, Jesus Christ, he is deity. He is divine. Colossians 1.15 says this here. Who is, Christ is, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. He's the exact person as the Father. 2 Corinthians 4.6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the, get this, glory of God, how? In the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ reflects this glory because he's God. And in the Bible, only glory goes to God, not to man. So we know that Christ, he lived on this earth for 33 years in a human body. First Timothy 2.5 says this, For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He's the God-man. He added human nature without sin into his godness. As man, he reaches up to the Father. As God, he reaches down to man. As the God-man, he has the ability to restore the broken relationship between God and man because he's the God-man, amen? Gee, but notice, even though he's on earth for 33 years, he's eternal, but also Jesus never stopped being God. He simply covered his glory, his brightness, with humanity's flesh. Philippians 2.6 says this here, Who being in the form of God, that means you have to be God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. If something belongs to you, it's not robbery. It belongs to you. And godness belongs to Christ. Amen? Amen. Revelation, chapter 1, verse 7, Behold, Christ, he cometh with clouds, he's second coming to earth, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, the Jews and all kindreds of the earth, shall well because of him, even so, amen. And he says this, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith this Lord coming in clouds. Saith the Lord, which is, which was, and is to come. I'm eternal. I've always been here. I, matter of fact, I'm the Almighty, the Almighty God. That's Jesus Christ. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me, uh, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead on the cross. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. There he says, I am. Now that's important when he says that. That's a reference to the name Jehovah. Jesus Christ is the Jehovah of the Old Testament. He says in John 8, 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. He's telling them, these religious leaders, he's the voice that spoke to Moses from the burning bush. Hello? It was none other than Jesus Christ. So the question is, how many times does Jesus have to say, this before people will believe it that He's just as much as God as the Father and as the Holy Spirit. Acts 20:28 20, says this: Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. I get this to feed the church of who? God, which he, God, hath purchased, how? With his own blood. Who shared his blood? Jesus is God. Amen? Another question comes up that says this. Why is the Godhead, the Trinity, necessary? Why is it necessary to have the three-in-one God? Well, Always remember God is eternal. And the real question should be, why is man necessary? (laughs) Amen? (laughs) That should be the question. But there's a couple of reasons I wrote down why it's necessary for the Godhead, the Trinity, to be. First of all is to fulfill salvation's purpose. You need all three. It states in 2 Peter 1, 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, that's the Father, and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord, the Son. And then that's not the verse I wanted. It goes on to state with the sprinkling of the blood and the sanctification of the Spirit. It mentions the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now get this, the Trinity. It took the Father. He purposed and He planned salvation's redemption story. The Son paid the price for redemption's story. And the Holy Spirit presents the redemption story To give man the opportunity to be able to be saved. So you need all three, the Godhead. But also, another reason for it is to bear witness to truth. 1 John 5 7 says this For there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus, there's the Son. And the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Amen? They bear record, they bear witness. Now, the reason that's important to have these three, it states in 2 Corinthians 13:1, Paul says, This is the third time I am coming to you, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established because there is more than one in the Godhead, they can establish the truth of the Word of God. They are the witness. This is the absolute truth, God's Word. Amen? As you read and study the Bible, the Father glorifies His Son. The Son glorifies the Father, the Holy Spirit even. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Son, And these three, being one, are the witnesses to the truth of what God says in his word. Now, after saying all of that, it gets simple now, okay? How should this truth about Christ affect us? Yes, all year, but especially this month, this Christmas season. And I wrote down some just things that we should have more of because of who he is. First of all, we should have more reverence for Christ, for who he is. Amen. Amen. There needs to be a real respect, reverence for Christ because of who he is. I love some of the songs that say, I believe in you, or just because he's God. It seems like today we just take the fact of Christ for granted. We take it as a side note. But in reality, we ought to face him like some of those in the Bible did, Isaiah. He saw him high and lifted up, his proper position. And when he said that, he says, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips because he came into the presence of the glory of the person of God. I think of Paul, before he was Paul, he was who? Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Somebody turn the phone off. On the road to Damascus, uh, there the glory of God knocked him down. He was blind temporarily, and he came come to the point, Lord, what will thou have me to do? When you come coming to the presence of God and you recognize His exaltation, His highness, it does something to you. John in Revelation, when he saw Christ in his, all His glory, he fell down as dead because of the presence of Almighty God. And I ask myself sometimes, when's the last time that I or we who know Christ and this truth we should know. When's the last time we've fallen on our knees and our face before our God because of who he is? Huh? Sometimes our knees are too smooth and they need to be roughed up something. And I think that would be a good thing. Secondly, we should have more faith in him. He is who he says he is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Do you believe that he is today? Too often when a problem comes into our life, we try to figure it out ourselves, or then we go to others and ask them for their opinions. And then lastly, we go to Christ. (laughs) We should flip that around. The word joy, Jesus first, others second yourself last that's the way that we should go to him trust in the lord with all thine heart lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path by faith abraham left his family and home and so on by faith noah built the ark We need to have more faith in who God is and because of who he is, our faith ought to rise for our life. Number three, we should have more of his word in us. And you can't get it in in you unless you read it and study it. But you'll find out in the word, he's given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Christ. It's when we study the word, then we... No, and we have answers to these people. The entrance of thy word giveth light; it giveth understanding unto the simple. Don't forget this. He's not just the living word; he also is the written word. John one one says this here: In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse fourteen. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's the living and written word of God. The fourth thing we should do, we should have more prayer in our lives. If we want to nourish an intimate relationship with Christ, you can't do it without prayer. It's a privilege to be able to pray. It's through prayer we, grant, we, we gain strength. It's through prayer that we share with God intimately what our fears and our needs are. And when you think about that, to think that God has an open ear to us. He wants to hear from us. Let your request be made known unto God. He's waiting to hear from us. Number five, we should have more of a willingness to obey and surrender to him. You know he's over everything anyway. He owns it all. He created it all. He's sovereign over it all. Instead of, begging us to surrender. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I beseech you. I beg you. And then I stop and think, isn't it awful that God has to beg us to yield our life to him? It should be our motivation. It states in 2 Corinthians 5.15, And that he died for all, us, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That should be our motivation. Because the love of Christ constraineth us. He gave his all for us. Isn't it time we give our all for him and stop playing the game Show up a little bit, look good for an hour. What about the rest of the week? Amen. Amen? Then, number six, we should have more gratitude and joy in life. If anybody ought to be happy, it ought to be the believer. You know, we are loved by God, we that have been saved. Do you know that? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. He thought of me before he created anything. We are indwelt by the Spirit of God until redemption. We have this treasure, the Bible says, God, the Holy Spirit, living in us in earthen vessels. We are secure in Christ. When you get saved, you don't have to ever worry about being lost again. That doesn't mean you can go out and do anything you want. That means you're so grateful, you're going to go out and do all you can for him. And we're heaven bound. Heaven bound. You ever get a hold of that? All the Old Testament saints, think of some of them. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Adam and Eve. Carol says she's going to slap Eve the first time she sees her. <laughs> she brought this word in submissiveness into the foe because of her sin. <laughs> Boy, it's quiet. Yeah. There's a the chill. <laughs> Amen. But I think of the New Testament saints. The 12, Paul, his companions, all these individual people you read, David and all of them just jump off the scripture. One day we'll be able to see them. We'll be able to see the angelic host. We can't with human bodies, but when we have our transformed bodies, our celestial bodies, we'll be able to see them. I'm curious what they really look like. Amen? Amen? And then above all, we'll see Jesus. Now think about it, face-to-face with him. Face-to-face. It's kind of frightening sometimes because of the way that we live, but I believe it's going to be soon. And the last thing I want to mention, number seven, we should have more of a giving spirit. Why is that? God wants us to be giving people. You know, it's real interesting. Last last week and the week before, I bought a couple of meals for people and helped somebody. And the very same day, people bought my meals that evening that I didn't know they were going to do it. Do you know you can't outgive God? And one of the reasons we want to be giving, we want to be like Christ. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What a gift he gave. When you think of it, what he's given us in his son's death, burial, and resurrection It's inexpressible, it's indescribable, it's incommunicable, and it's unspeakable. What a gift we have received. So all I say to you is that this season, especially when we hear the Christmas songs, and uh, you'll hear it on the radio forever, and uh, all these things going on, just remember he's more than a babe in a manger. He's the great God of eternity and loved us so much he came to this world, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. On an old rugged cross, he shed his blood and died for our sins. And three days later, he rose up the victor. His resurrection shows and proves and means the father accepted his son's sacrifice as the final payment and total payment for all of man's sins. All we have to do is believe that and we become a child of God. I remember myself before I was saved. I remember the Christmases. I'd spend every last dime I had, trying to give Carol and the kids a nice Christmas or get something for my mom or Whatever. And uh, when I was a young boy, uh, after I got out of the foster home, I I went and got, mom finally got us back. Uh, I remember I was the last one at the house. And so there's, there were, I had seven sisters and a brother. And they'd come over and see mom. Well, they felt bad if I'm there, they're going to bring me a present. So for a couple of Christmases there, I made a killing. (laughs) Boy, they'd bring me all these gifts. And I I love that. And uh, so, but <laughs> Carol took all that away. But, uh, <laughs> but I, re- I remember those, uh, you try to fill it with all the material things and being lost, I try to put other things in my body, like alcohol or some pills or whatever it might be, just to get high. And you know when the most depressing day is? The day after Christmas. Isn't that amazing? The day after Christmas, you just got all these gifts, or you gave them. It's amazing. But it, before I was a Christian, after Christ, it was so empty. But at the age of 24, through Carol's long-suffering, persevering, putting up with me, I, I got saved. It's unbelievable. My whole life changed. And I remember those first Christmases after I was saved. What a transformation. What a joy. What a blessing to know the real, true reason and meaning that we even celebrate Christmas. And when I found that out, it changed my heart. It changed my life. And if you're here this morning and you've never put your faith in Christ, as the Son of God who died for his sins, was buried and rose again, I challenge you this morning, just bow your head and your heart right where you are and just say, God, I'm sorry for my sin, but I believe in Christ and his finished work today. And if you'll believe that, he'll save you. And as a Christian, we crowded him out too much It's time to put him back in, don't you think? Because of who he is and what he's done for us. Father, we love you. Thank you for this Christmas season. Thank you for the privilege of being able to be one of your children. And if anybody ought to sing and shout that the Savior has been born, it ought to be us. But God, not just once a year, but God all through the year. Because you never change. That truth never changes. And so our heart should never change how we feel. That you're the great eternal God who loves sinful people like us. I don't understand that, but God, I'm so grateful for it. So this morning, I just want to say, God, we praise you. We adore you. We know that without you, we can do nothing. You are the man. You are the one that makes life, life. Bless our people in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you received a blessing from today's service. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpindy.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. For more options to watch, just click On Demand on the website. Until next broadcast, may God bless you is our prayer.